When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's going on, grappling fans? Hey, what's going on, grappling fans? Welcome back. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Who's Number One, episode number 43. Uh, in the middle of a star-studded week, we've had some amazing, amazing guests, and today are no different. They were equally impressive. We have Andre Galval and JT Torres calling in. Fellas, how are you guys doing today? Andre, what's life like? Oh, man, I'm doing great. So uh, just, just a little sad, you know, I miss my students. I miss everyone. Um, just enjoying the family. Still working hard, you know. Still working a lot online, and just try to to be patient right now at this moment. I think that's the key, JT. How you holding up over there? I'm in the same boat, you know. Just kind of getting used to this uh, this new way of life we find ourselves in now. Where you know I'm kind of stuck at home all day, every day, but I'm still trying to stay busy. I'm holding online classes for my students. Um, I'm doing a lot of private lessons through uh, you know through the internet now. So I'm trying to stay busy, trying to stay active. I actually just got some mats in my second bedroom too. So I've been drilling and sparring a lot with my fiance. She doesn't like it so much, but uh, <laughs> she's gonna be know, good, man. I, she's gonna get real good. She's gonna get really good. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna get really good. So uh, staying busy though, staying busy. That's awesome. You know, I, I feel like we we had you guys on pretty early in the series as far as the the quarantine time and. Uh, we've kind of adapted to a new normal maybe has your routine uh become more standardized i feel like we were still figuring it out the first time we talked but have you guys adopted a, a new daily routine a new way of life jt you getting any better at madden over there <laughs> yeah and the game um, <laughs> i've gotten slightly better and then i ventured off to start playing online and then i found some guys uh, that are really good online i got really frustrated and i took it off and back on call of duty right now <laughs> You're going to have to link up with uh, Felipe Pena on Call of Duty. He's been playing that too, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll look him up. I'll look him up. Andre, you been playing any video games? No, no, I'm not playing right now, but when I play, I play Street Fighter. I'm pretty good on Street Fighter. I was going to say, I remember the uh, the clip from Inside Out Test where you're talking about learning the moves for Street Fighter and, and drilling, just like yeah. you drill Jiu Jitsu. When, uh, <laughs> what, what character do you like in Street Fighter? Oh, man, I love Ken. Yeah, the American yeah. guy, yeah. Yeah, with the cut yeah, off, Ken, yeah. the, the gi with his sleeves cut off, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love Ken. It's I'm surprised best. he plays Ken. I, I always used to play as Ryu, who's basically like the same thing. He just looks different. 
evil twins. Yeah, <laughs> more like What are you guys doing to uh, stay in shape right now? What about JT? What are you doing? Are you doing any workouts or anything right now? I am. I am. So I have a really good coach who, you know, he, he's always – on, he's always on me to stay in shape and, and continue to work out, Coach John. And this past quarantine, for the past month now, we we kind of linked up, and he asked me, okay, what what you know, what do you have at your house? Like, what do you have? What kind of equipment? So, I, I got a weighted jump rope, got some bands, I got a couple dumbbells. So he sent like a whole you know sheet of different workouts I can do, and they're tough, man. They're tough. They're they're definitely um, a little bit lighter on the weight side, but it's more of a cardio push. So. It's an hour-long workout. I've been doing three times a week just to try to stay in shape. It's been keeping me in shape. And then on top of that, drilling, rolling around with my fiance. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to stay on the schedule. I think that's what's really important about this whole quarantine thing is you got to stay on a schedule. It's really easy to get lazy and just become a couch potato. So um, I even wrote, I wrote down like a schedule for myself that I try to follow every day. I got something to do. Um, and I think that's the easiest way and the best way to get through the, through these times, staying on a schedule, and you know, it'll help make the time pass by a lot smoother. Andre, what about you? Yeah. What have you been up to? Uh, yeah, because you're you know you're obviously very super disciplined with your uh, fitness and health and everything. What are you doing to stay in shape right now? Uh, you you have weights in your garage, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I have a I have a gym here in my garage. <laughs> we, have, we have a good sized mats here. We have mats, and I train my. My daughter, you know, we drill, and uh, I teach her some jujitsu right now. I'm teaching her uh, one the days of the days I'm free, and then uh, I lift weights, you know, like every other day, not every day. And then I do like heavy weights one day, and then I do like some light weights like the other day. And Angelica, my wife, she's she's training every single day. Every day she's lifting weights. She looks in a she she looks really really good right now. Like she looks really fit. And uh, I go in the morning at the gym too. And then sometimes, you know, I want to teach the techniques fresh. I don't want to be like burned out because when I lift weights, I lift really, really heavy. So I try to lift weights uh, so every every night. In the mornings, I, I teach online. How, how old is your daughter now? Uh, she wants some like kids' pants or something, right? She's won some kids' competitions, I believe, correct? Yeah, she did. Uh, she did. Uh, she's doing really, really good, actually. Like, uh, I'm teaching her a lot of no gi. Uh, she loves nogi. She's she's really really good, and I I think she she'll be a great champion. You know, not putting any pressure, but she likes to compete. She likes jujitsu, and uh, she likes what she she does. You know, and she's doing really really well. When I teach, she learns really fast. She has a good pressure, you know, and she's flexible. She's very flexible because she did gymnastics before, so she's pretty flexible. She has a really good coordination. She's fourteen. Uh, she's gonna be fourteen. Soon in July, she's thirteen right now. JT, uh, what do you? What else are you doing to kill time over there, JT? Besides working out, you said you played some COD. You were playing Madden before. You like watching movies or anything over there? You got, what do you got going on? Um, yeah, I just actually finished watching the Mick Millions on. It's on Hulu. I think it's also on Netflix too. Not sure, but I just finished watching Mick Millions, which basically the the scandal during the nineties where uh, these people were basically scamming the McDonald's Monopoly game. They stole millions of dollars. They were stealing like the million dollar winning game pieces and uh, selling them away or just, you know, uh, cashing them, them, cashing them in themselves. So it was pretty interesting to watch that. So yeah, I've just been watching a bunch of different documentaries and shows and movies, but that's the last one I just watched. And it was 
pretty pretty interesting. Where's Net- it? Where's it on Netflix? Uh, I, I, I watched it on Hulu. Hulu. Yeah, I gotta check yeah. that out. Yeah. I watched it. It's crazy because uh, you know I'm a '90s kid. I grew up yeah, playing my, that my game. Yeah, my mom used stuff. to collect those things hardcore. Yeah, and it, it blew me yeah. away. It's like it's like one family too. There's other people involved, but there's like one family that has like a, a bulk of the responsibility. It's a it's a wild. Oh, those series. those dirty rats. We're all trying to win a million dollars, and they're stealing them all. <laughs> you know what? The craziest part about that show is that all the winners, all the million dollar winners, were like in one like South Carolina and Atlanta, like one section of the country, which. You know, no one put together. In the you think they raised some red flags? Right? Yeah, they made it too obvious. <laughs> right, exactly. The, uh, exactly. Do you watch that? You, you watch that Tiger King uh, thing, J- JT? Oh yeah, of course. I watched that like two, three weeks ago, and <laughs> I mean that, that 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 whole thing was just wild, man. I, I wasn't sure what to expect when I first started the show, and it's like. Um, you know how they say it's like a train wreck where you know you don't want to look but you can't stop yourself from looking and that's basically what the whole show was to me man i just like i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe this is actual an actual true story and these people uh, exist these people exist man it's insane you know it's insane but and I, i'm an animal lover too you know so it kind of hurt hurt my feelings when i saw the tigers locked up like that and things like that but crazy show man i, I enjoyed it i enjoyed they, it they have something coming i'm really looking forward to uh I think ESPN and uh, is making like a ten part series on Michael Jordan that's coming out mm. next week or something. It's going to be yeah. pretty. Yeah, I'm really. I mean, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago in the '90s, so that's yeah, that's going to be my jam right there. Uh, what yeah. about you, Andre? What are you up to? What are you doing to kill time? I know you're a big reader. Are you reading a lot over there or watching shows? What are you doing? Yeah, I still reading. Uh, I read every day, and then um, I watch. I watch a lot of Michael Jordan's highlights and documentaries about him. You know, actually, even before this whole thing coming up. Um, even my daughter, like, oh, since Kobe died, like you're always watching basketball, you know, (laughs) but I remember when I was a little kid, I used to play basketball and, and I really love to watch Michael Jordan. And every time I watch him, I, I have no doubt that he's the greatest of all time, you know, so he's the best. (laughs) It's amazing to see like, uh, his career to watch, like, you know, the way he used to play, the passion that he has for the sport. You know, I really like to to watch that, and sometimes I watch things with my daughter too, and we're watching like The Simpsons, you know, together nice. <laughs> all the seasons. Can't go wrong with The Simpsons. Nice, nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, something that people at home are really interested in, you know, as you guys know, you guys both have students. There's so many people who are, you know, stuck with nowhere to train. A lot of people don't have mats, or they can't go to their gym, or whatever. How, what would be a way that you would uh, recommend that, like, I don't know, like a blue belt at home watching this, like? how they can get better during this time without going into the gym. Maybe uh, Andre could kick it off. Yeah, I think they need, they need to find a, a way to training, right? So you need to you need to improve right now. So if you don't have mats, you know, if your house has a carpet, it's already your mat, you know, so the carpet's way better than the hard flooring. So if you have like a grass, you train in the grass. So if you have a little, you cannot go to the parks, you know, and all that, but if you have like an area that you can, take the furniture away a little bit and then just like drill, you know, slowly. And you can purchase like weights, you know, to do like a little circuit training. If you don't have like the money to buy the weights, uh, you can like use water bottles, you know, things like that. So you got to improve, you know, and, and I suggest people like to do like circuit training, you know, uh, body weight circuit training. I like the Tabata system where you go like 20 seconds active, 10 seconds break, you do, you do that like for half an hour, no stop, you know, if you don't have a partner. Because a lot of people, they, they don't have a partner. And now it's an opportunity for you to, to, to teach those who leave it to you, show them the art of jiu-jitsu, you know, show jiu-jitsu. 
So I think like it's it's a time for them like to to teach people. You know, if you're a, a good blue belt, purple belt, like introduce jujitsu in a good way for for your wife or your daughter or your son. You know, I think now it's time. It's a it's a great uh, way to kill the time and also to get the family together. You know, and once people like pass this quarantine, hopefully like when things get back to normal, we can have more people like training jujitsu. You know, I think now is the time, and and that's my suggestion. If you have a partner, just drill, drill as much as you can, and and do conditioning. It's hard to roll, you know, if, if you don't have mats at home, it's really hard to roll. But maybe you can do like hand fight, you know, a lot of gi pull ups, like you know, find a ways to 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 improve, you know, always, always ways to improve and keep the schedule, you know, keep the schedule all the time. Like at this time. Uh, nine o'clock in the morning, I'll do this, you know, and 6 p.m. I'll do that. So you got to have like, I scared. I feel like people, they're lost. And sometimes they, every day they, they do something different, you know, or they stay awake all night. They sleep like five, 5 a.m. and wake up like 1 p.m., you know, so I don't think this is, this is healthy. You need to keep the schedule, you know, especially like when things go back to normal, your body needs to be ready you know, for for uh, the training and the normal schedule again. So I think it's not healthy to to sleep late and wake up late. You know, so I think you need to keep a normal normal you know <laughs> life. Yeah, normal routine. Uh, Andre, yeah. we had uh, somebody in the Facebook comments just ask a good question. What are you, what are you reading right now? What books are you reading right now? Me? Yeah. Oh my my, my the book you see you mean? Yeah, someone in Facebook just asked, "What what are you reading right now? What book are you on right now?" Oh, sorry, I thought you say like, the, "What is my weight? My weight?" You know? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we wouldn't ask that question. <laughs> no, sorry. Yeah, sorry. No, I'm reading. Uh, you know, I read the Bible a lot. You know, I like to read the Bible. Um, it's my favorite book, and I read. Uh, I'm reading like the Think and Grow Rich. I read like um, every other time, um, and. I'm reading another one, like from Pastor uh, Miles Murdoch, and uh, he talks about like the prayers. You know, I, I read books related to the Bible. You know, every time that I'm reading, and I like that, and I enjoy that. It feels like feed my spirit. And if I read something, I don't like to read like fiction. I don't like to read like uh, stories like that. You know, so I, I prefer to read like things that feed my my spirit. Like that's what I read. All right, uh, JT, would you add anything to what Andre was saying before about how uh, people with nowhere to train right now who are stuck at home can uh, get better, you know, at home right now? Yeah, absolutely. Studying. Studying is huge, man. Uh, that's something I used to do all throughout my lower belt time when I was blue belt, purple belt, brown belt, when I was able to train only two, three times a week. But now, obviously, no one's able to train at all for the most part. But now's the perfect time for you guys to study footage, man. That's something I highly recommend, something that I'm doing right now myself. You know, usually when I'm training um, pre, you know, COVID-19, you know, I'm training, teaching, lifting, running every day. I don't really have any other time. I don't really have time for anything else. Where now uh, I have time to sit down and actually study, you know, other games, other techniques, other positions, um, past, future uh, opponents, um, you know, study, study a lot of footage, man. That's, that's something I would highly recommend. You know, uh, I like studying competition footage. I think that that works out really well. So you can see, you know, some of your favorite athletes or some of the athletes that you, that you have a game similar to, you can watch them perform techniques on a high level. So you can study, see how they do it. 
grab their instructional, break down their techniques even further. Um, so yeah, footage and studying a lot. JT, um, that comes up a lot. A lot of people say studying film, studying footage, but I found that there is like a process that is better than others as far as studying tape. Do you have a way that you like to do it? One that you kind of mentioned there is I love watching a guy compete and, and watch his comp footage and then seeing if they have an instructional and relating how they teach the move to uh, when they hit it in competition. I just You can see sort of how they deal with those real-time challenges that come up in a fight. Do you do anything like that or how do you watch tape or how do you study somebody? Um, so if, if it was some, something I wanted to learn, right. So let's say I'm watching a a certain athlete who's known for something that they do really well. I'll go back and watch matches of theirs where they perform that technique and I'll try to see, I'll try to break down how they do it against another high level athlete. And I'll watch that match over and over again. You know, I won't necessarily watch 30, 40 matches. Maybe I'll watch one or two matches and just watch that one clip over and over again where they're performing that one technique I'm looking for. And then once I've seen 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 it a thousand times, watched it, trying to break it down as much as I could, then I'll look up, see if they have an instructional or not. Because um, nowadays there's so many instructionals out there on the market, right? So you know, for someone who who who's still piecing together their game, they may they may not know what they want to grab to add to their game. So maybe what I would recommend is look for someone that you think you can you know um, you can you can base your game off, and then study their competition footage and then look for an instructional. And then as far as opponents, if I was to if I was to study opponents for a tournament or a super fight, um, I try to watch obviously what they're good at, right? I want to know what they're good at. I want to know when we compete what what most likely they're going to try to attack with, right? And then basically what I'm doing, I'm going to try to study and make an equation of how I can counter that or uh, implement my game before they can put theirs on the line first, right? So that's the way I like to study. That's the way I like to break it down. Um, but yeah, studying is key. Maybe uh, that leads in nicely to something I wanted to talk about with you guys today. Going back to back before you guys were, uh, you know, stars when you were blue belts, purple belts, or whatever. Who were some people that you guys looked up to that maybe older black belts that you used to watch, maybe that you based part of your game off of? Maybe Andre, you can go first. Man, I used to watch a lot of Vitor Shaolin Rivero. Oh, nice, nice. I, I remember I was a white belt, uh, white to blue belt, and he was already like black belt. And one time I saw him fighting in a tournament that I compete. And um, I remember like seeing him moving, the way he was moving, the way he was passing the guard. I was like, oh, my God, this guy is really good. You know, I want to be like him. So I told him that before. I mentioned that in my book as well, Drill to Win. Um, also, I used to watch a lot of uh, Tedere, you know. Tedere is an amazing um, athlete, in my opinion. Um, the greatest of all time, you know, in the four lines um, with the Gi. Amazing, amazing. And I used to watch and, and, and I ended up, like, training with him, you know. And when I started training with him, and then that's when I started, like, knowing Jiu-Jitsu, you know, like the real, like, technique side of Jiu-Jitsu. And I feel like really blessed, like uh, training with him. You know, he's 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 amazing. Those are the guys that I used to. Watch. And plus, like other guys, you know, like old school. Like because when I started was back in the ninety something, right? Ninety, ninety eight, ninety nine. When that was the year that I came back, and then all these guys. And I remember, like, I used to watch a lot of Margarita as well. Fernando Margarita. Maybe a lot of people don't know him, but he's a uh, he's he was insane back in the day. He won the. The world title back in 2002 or 2001, I think 2001 was the first 
the first uh, wars that I competed in soccer as a black belt, destroying everyone, you know. So those were the guys that I used to look up to a lot, like, you know, fighting-wise. Everybody who comes on here says Margarita. Buchecha said Margarita. Hamilo said Margarita. Lepre said Margarita. Everybody lists Margarita. Yeah, you uh, know why? Because because he had a, such an open game, you know. He used to play everything. He was good in everything. Like, he used to do takedowns. If the guy pulled guard, he passed the guard. If the guy, if you play guard, you could play guard. You could pull guard. You could do anything. And he used to, like, fight against really good guys. And he used to, like, score a lot of points, like, so easy. And end up like submitting people, so he was like a submission hunter for and and it was really impla- impressed. And I think he was like the guy that came and and show everyone that you can be like a, a well-rounded uh, competitor, just like today as well. I uh I I've been rewatching all the old ADCCs because I'm doing these articles about like just the the history of like who had the best runs by weight. And right now I'm on 77 kilos. And I watched today, I watched 98, 99, 2000, the 77-kilogram bracket. And when you got to Shaolin versus Leo in 2000, it was crazy. Like, just in, like, two years from, like, when they started in 98, you get to Shaolin versus Leo. It's like, man, these guys got such high level. It was such a dynamic style of jiu-jitsu from both of them. Yeah, Leo was very acrobatic as well, you know. He used to jump side to side and, you know, do, like, little, like, cartwheels and things like that. It's kind of, like, cool to watch and his brother too, Ricardo, was amazing as well. Uh, great competitors, great technique. Um, it was really fun to watch these guys. And, you know, it was like, it was different. Jiu-Jitsu was really different before, you know. And um, it's it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, like sometimes I miss those times, you know, to go out there and then watch those guys competing, you know. And unfortunately, like most of them don't compete at Masters Wars, you know. Shaolin does sometimes. Uh, Shaolin showing up a yeah, couple Shaolin times. Does, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, what was Terra Ray like as an instructor? Obviously, everybody knows about him as a competitor. But when you were his, uh, when Lepre was here, he was saying you guys trained there when you were like purple belts or something under uh, Terra Ray. What, what was it like yeah. coming up as a purple and brown belt under Terra Ray? What was that like? Man, it was amazing. Like today, he was such a a great person. You know, he helped so many people. Um, Super open. Uh, his heart is huge, you know. Open mind to learn as well. That's why his style was amazing. Like standing up, passing guard, playing guard, doing like you know. I think the beginning of leg drags and killing the hips and all that came from from him. The way to do the knee slices, you know, you know the long step pass, the sit up guard, the hooks guard. You know, back in the day, people used to play a lot of hooks guard, spider guard, and everything. He was complete, complete, you know. And his judo was insane, and you know he he could answer all your questions like easy, uh, no problem. And you know I remember like he used to teach privates uh, for me and his cousin every single day, you know, pretty much like every single day, Monday to to Friday. We used to like have forty five minutes together. We used to leave uh, right right at the last uh, flooring of uh, the gym, you know, the gym at the building. And then we leave in the sixth uh, sixth floor, and the gym used to be in the second floor, and uh, we used to go downstairs and just like you know anytime open the gym and then start like training and learning and and he was like teaching everything and the way he was teaching always was like giving advices in some positions that were like make a mistake. He was he had like a theme and then like he put like a specific training from that situation. Like we used to do a lot of situational sparring. 
And I was purple belt back then, and his cousin was a purple belt as well. I believe Lucas was blue belt. When when I was brown belt, Lucas was purple. And we used to, like, train, like, from Sunday to Sunday, you know, and it was amazing. It was, it was I learned a lot with him. And, and you know, like, the way he shows you things, he gives an example, and he's really funny, really, really funny. And sometimes he say things to you, that you never forget, you know, the way you say, it. for example, like, he's like, I grab his head and then put pressure on his shoulder using my tiptoes on the mat. And now the only thing that this guy can do, like on bottom, is moving his eyes, you know, so you, the pressure needs to be like that. <laughs> and then sometimes like he, he's like, oh, you just wait here and you don't, don't take the, the mosquitoes out of his butt, you know, like, <laughs> don't, don't move in this situation. Just wait, you know, like, don't make any noise. Like, just be quiet here. And then when you change the, the speed, you change the speed. It was like, he has those like uh, little things that those quotes, you know, like it was really, really funny. Very, very uh, creative all the time. And I remember I used to play with the lapel as well. I used to step the foot on the lapel back then, you know, he used to call TT Delta. The guard, you know, because he used to like a spider guard, like stepping the foot on the lapels. Man, he was he was insane and great competitor, great person, and a great instructor too, and great leader as well. You know, great leader because he used to tell you the things like right in your face, like "pow," you know, just like that. He didn't care like if you like or not. He was he was a very special man. Very special. He's still special. Did you check out the uh, show that Hal and Ricardo just did? They just did like a show called Old School. It was about Terry. Did you see that thing? Yeah, I saw like the just like a little like highlight, you know. Yeah, but I want to watch it. Yeah, I think they did like an hour long show or something. There's about some quotes yeah, from Marcelo in there and all that stuff. Yeah. I want to ask you, Andre, before I move on. You know, yeah. um, I forget all the names there, but we had yourself, Lepri, was Cobrinha there? Cobrinha, Lange, yeah, it was a pretty crazy room. Yeah. Did you know at uh, that time, like, how special that group of athletes was? Did you, was there a vibe in that room, like, we're all going to change the sport because that ended up kind of happening. Every one of you have made a really strong mark on jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Did you know then how special that room was? Yeah, we knew that because I remember, like, I used to look around, like, I used to see everyone. Like even the purple belts, like the brown belts, and everyone used to be like such a great champion, right? Like they used to like murder everyone like they when they compete, you know. Like it was like no, no doubt that we when we showed up, when they showed up in the tournament, like we we just like devastated like the bracket, you know. It was it was really special, and you know seeing everyone like growing, growing up, you know, uh, in the sport and in life as well. And most of people that train there, if you see like all of us, we have family, we're married, you know, we have board titles, you know, like we have a great success, you know, and definitely looking back, like I knew there was something special, but I didn't know that was so, so, so special, you know, it was like more than special in my, in my opinion. And it was a great feeling. Every time we finish the training, you know that feeling when you when you take the shower, JT knows that like you take the shower and then you know like you breathing differently, like you feel like you train, like you you feel like alive, you feel like oh my god, thank god I I, I did this hard training, you know. It was it was like that and and you know like you had like everyone that plays different games, you know, different styles. 
and and it was it was special it was amazing seven of us used to leave with it today wow and everyone else used to like leave somewhere else and we used to meet like before the competition and sometimes they used to like drive one hour or an hour and a half just to be there and train what about you jt when you were younger coming up on the east coast who were some people that uh maybe based your game off of or that really looked up to Man, I used to watch. Um, <clears throat> I used to watch a lot of uh, Leo Vera. I used to watch him a lot. I used to watch a lot of Professor Gaval. Um, I used to watch a lot of Lucas Letch. I used to enjoy watching Lucas Letch compete. Um, and then uh, some. Some of the, you know, American OGs before me were guys like Glover and Cooper. I used to watch a lot of and Mike Fowler. I used to watch those guys a lot. Um, and the reason why I started watching those guys a lot was because I used to go to the local tournaments, you know, the, the Nagas and the Grapplers Quest, for those who remember those tournaments. Um, and I used to see those guys competing live. And I remember, you know, during those times when I was a white belt, blue belt, uh, I've never seen a, a brown belt compete live in person or even a black belt. And, and seeing those guys compete, I remember just being uh, in awe. Like, whoa, man, those guys are so sick. Those guys are crazy. Um, so those are a lot of the guys I used to watch in the beginning when I was coming up through the ranks. You used to like uh, you? Did you used to play half guard like Lucas Leach? You said you used to st- watch like watching Lucas. Did, were you a half guard guy when you were younger? Not a half guard guy. I just liked how he he uh, just always put that that he always fought hard, man. Yeah. I thought uh, <laughs> like I liked his style. I just liked how he he didn't care who he was competing against. I remember always seeing him shoot double legs and coming up on single legs from the half guard position. I'm like, man, this dude gets after it. I liked it because I used to wrestle as a as a kid. So he had co- sort of like a. A wrestling style of jiu-jitsu uh, when he would compete coming up in the on the singles a lot in the doubles so that's why I, I liked watching him compete man what was the first experience watching Jeff Glover like I, we're spoiled today you can just pull up anyone's highlights and see yeah. Yeah, unique styles but you know Jeff Glover's got a yeah. crazy approach that must have been kind of mind-blowing to see him for the first time yeah man it was pretty wild I remember watching him compete as a brown belt at Pan Am's, and he actually posted about this the other day on Instagram, and I remember watching it where he he just submitted everybody as a as a as a brown belt, and his style was just so it was it was so entertaining to watch, man. Uh, he was just he was very creative when he competed. You can tell he was just out there doing crazy positions I've never seen before. Um, so it was always exciting to watch him compete. He always he always put on a show. Um, and you never knew what you were going to see, but you knew you were going to see something cool. Uh, I remember when I watched Jeff for the first time. Uh, I came in 2004 to compete uh, dance, and I remember like seeing this like blonde hair guy, like you know, small little guy, like competing in absolute, you know, as a purple belt, I believe, a purple or brown belt, killing everyone. And back in the day, like we didn't have like social media and all that. I remember him on the the DVDs from OTM, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. OTM. I used to see that, and then and then I saw a picture like Mike Fowler posts a picture of Jeff himself and and uh, another guy. Uh, it was him uh, and Bill Cooper, I think. And those three guys are like the the OG Americans, you know, <laughs> like. It's when like I remember them like oh these guys like they're they're really good you know and I remember like of course like uh, their coach was uh, Franginha right Franginha has amazing jiu-jitsu great guy from Paragon jiu-jitsu it was great to watch those guys back then so I, I wanted to get into talk with you guys about uh, training with each other and what it's like but first uh, Kyle if you can clue up cue up that first asset this old uh, 
What's it? Them training no gi before ADCC or something? Yeah, you guys should remember this. It's from uh, the Inside Atos piece. I, I was rewatching that the other night ahead of this interview, and it just really, <laughs> I think, sums up um, your guys' relationship really nicely. And uh, yeah, it should be fun for you guys to watch. We're going to play, and it should have audio, so we won't be able to hear each other for a moment. Good job. Stay focused, man. Stay focused. Stay focused. Stay focused, man. My mind is one. Stay focused. This is the first round. You get better as the rounds go on. Stay focused. You know what you gotta do. Stay in good position. Keep your head down. You're looking up too much. You wanna see faster reaction? Faster reaction. You only have 90 seconds. Think about too many things. Don't think too much. You already know what you have to do. All this here, it's because you're the best in the world. Who gives you the will? Exactly. Let's go. Because use the bus he's giving us and let's use it. Let's go. It's in you. You have it. Let's go. Another minute, guys. Another minute. <sighs> We're getting better as the time goes on. Ready? Three, two, one, go. Again. Start again. Let's go. Right away. Right away. You got it. You got it. You got it. Stay on him. Stay on him. Yes. Beautiful. Again. Back up. Let's go. Stay focused. They can't handle the pressure. They can't handle the pressure. Yes, yes. Beautiful, beautiful. 10 seconds left. We get better as the time goes on. We get stronger as the time goes on. That's probably the best in the world. There it is. So that's something ah. that that's something that's uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's something that's always really interested me is uh what's the relationship like there? Because obviously JT was your student, but you used to sort of when you were training for ADCC sort of turn the reins over to him and let him be your coach a little bit, it seemed like, huh? Yes. Uh, you know, I believe the best that I can do for for my my black belts is to help them to become a teacher, help them to become a leader. And I believe JT is a great leader um, today, and he's doing a great job. And uh, he knows how to communicate with people. And I appreciate that. And we had like such a great relationship since the beginning. We fought before, right, JT? We discussed a little bit, like we argue. <laughs> <laughs> right? Always in a good way, you know. Um, but everybody knows, like when I'm when I'm training, I'm I'm super focused, you know. And uh, I, this this uh, this video is from my super fight against Humble Bahal at Berkut in Russia. It was like right after GCC, I believe, like in 2015. And then um, I need to be ready for that for that tournament. And I was thinking about someone, and and I say, you know what? I, I'll ask JT. And I did that in 2011 when I competed and won uh, ADCC double gold. I had a I stood off mine. He was a brown belt, and I told him, I say, Joe, can you help me to train and be ready for ADCC? He's like, yes, of course, professor, let's do it. And then, like, I won double gold, you know. So I believe that it, I believe in the teamwork, you know. Nobody can achieve anything alone. You need people. Uh, you need the best people. You need to surround yourself. And you need to recognize those, those people, you know, like that can lift you up. And you see there I had a bad day that day, you know. Um, I, didn't, I, I don't remember what I was thinking. Like, I think it was the bills and everything that I need to pay or something. <laughs> and I couldn't get focused, like, in the training. But And then JT, like, put me back in place, and we finished the session, like, greatly. And I appreciate, I appreciate that, JT. I love you, and I appreciate your life. 
I think that you I couldn't achieve that goal. <laughs> I think that's something a lot of people uh, wouldn't be able to put their ego aside like that and be like, I'm going to let somebody who's technically my student run this practice while I'm training. But I mean, it's probably important to have somebody holding you accountable, right? Having, I mean, you've always been the head coach yourself, but when you got to get ready, you need somebody to take that role for you, right? Yeah. All right. I think we might have lost Andre. Oh, how I teach. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry. Oh, yeah, a lot ahead. of people, they ask me, like, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. got you, yeah. Okay, yeah. So a lot of people, they ask me, like, oh, how do you do that? Like, how do you train now for family? How do you uh, train your students, you know? How do you learn? And, you know, I, I, learn, I learn from everyone. I learn from a blue belt. I learn from a purple belt. I don't care, you know. I have open mind, and, and I think – that's the key for you to keep growing, you know. And I always say that my first world title as a black belt was in 2005. My last world title as a black belt was 2019. There's a, like a 14 years gap. So if I was a guy that was like playing the same game like back in 2005, nowadays, it wouldn't work, you know. So I need like to feed myself with, with the best. And I believe my students, they are the best. And I encourage them to believe in themselves, you know, and to, to get like the confidence but JT, you know, he did like also he did like some karate and he has like he knows how to communicate with people, you know, like since he's little, he's doing martial arts. And that's why I chose him like to to be one of the ones like to to help me. But I had other students too that helped me before as well. So I think this is very, very important for you to to go to the next level, you know, to recognize that um, you need someone to help you because you can't do anything by yourself, by your own. JT, what uh, what kind of memories and feelings get brought up when you rewatch that clip? You know, how, what brings what brings you back there? Oh man, it gets me fired up, man. It gets me fired up. It gets me uh, wanting to get back on the mats, man, as quickly as possible. But you know, it's it's good memories that 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 come up as soon as I see you know seen that clip. Uh, I remember during that time was that was the same year where I had to pull out of ADCC 2015 because I had to have knee surgery. And I remember I was hobbling around the, the, the academy. That's something that I made sure I, I did. I was still involved in the academy, even though I couldn't train, couldn't really do much. You know, I was always going to the academy, still watching the practices and things like that. And I remember shortly after the ADCC that year is when uh, they offered that super fight to Professor, and he accepted. And he asked me, "Hey, man, you know, would you would you mind helping me run the the camp, helping me run you know run the practices and all that?" And I said, "Of course, man, absolutely. I would love to." And, you know, we, we did it, man. It was, it was really cool. It was really cool for him to allow me to do that. I remember when he asked me, I felt super honored. I felt, wow, man, this guy, you know, he, he, he's going to trust me with his training. And, you know, we, we got the job done. He went out there and he was uh, he got the victory in that super fight. But it was really cool. It was really cool. But it, it, it just uh, that moment during that time, during that camp, it just I remember it kind of set into me where, I, you know, one of the goals I set for myself in the beginning was I always wanted to be a coach. I wanted to always have an academy of my own. And when we ran that camp, it just, it, it let me know even further that this is what I want to do one day. I do want to be a coach one day. I, I want to be a full-time professor one day. And, you know, I, I appreciate Professor God for letting me do that because it's just, you know, he, he helped me further myself as an instructor, as a coach. Um, so thank you, Professor. I appreciate that. Did you feel any pressure uh, being put in charge of running the training of the guy? He, he was already, you know, the, the reigning king of ADCC at that point, and you're like, okay, now I got to run the, this guy's practice. <laughs> no, not really, because he's really good. So, yeah. <laughs> 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 so 
it's like you know being hired to be LeBron James coach. You know, it's like all right, you know, it's <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So uh, you know, it, you know, definitely I felt a little nervous, but uh, I, I knew we were going to be fine, though. What was the uh, what was the meanest thing you made him do? The toughest training that you put him through? Buy one of the sh- the Shark Tanks. I remember. Uh, the shark tanks are always brutal, no matter who you are. The shark tanks, after a few rounds, you know, you start getting tired and the people keep coming in, you know, they're they're fresh. So I remember there was a shark tank that we worked on and um, he, he was getting really upset, really upset. And I remember he got he had like a bad round for like a few of the shark tanks. Like we did like, a, you know, a shark tank round. And he, had, he had one bad round. I remember he was really upset and then. You know, we 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 uh we calmed him down. We talked him back into getting focused. And I remember he came back into the next round and just made everybody suffer. So uh, <laughs> we fired him up. That's you know when you fire up when you fire up uh, Professor Gavao, you're in trouble, man. Uh, that's all I'm gonna say. That's a dangerous game to play. That's what dangerous. Is- you don't want to make that man upset. What what's it? What's it like training with each other, Andre? What's a round like sparring with JT Torres? What can people? What can oh you expect when you're going to roll with JT? Oh, it's a nightmare. You know? <laughs> <laughs> We're just like there, you know. And I know, man. Like whoever is on bottom, like feel the pressure, you know. Like with JT, I feel like pressure, 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 and I start feeling my legs like get burned, like burning out, and. I believe like JT feel the same, you know, because I feel way better when I'm on top of him than when I'm on bottom. <laughs> you know, so it's it's a nightmare. It's it's really hard, but we definitely always have great session, great training, and and JT has amazing jujitsu, you know, amazing jujitsu, and uh, I always feel good like training with him. I remember like sometimes some some uh, awards camp we we used to train like two three rounds, you know, back to back. You know, we train the first round and the last round, always the first and the last. You know, you guys are both p- two people who always show up with just insane cardio. I can imagine those rounds are got to be pretty intense. You guys probably go pretty hard from start to finish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like uh, I remember, like this uh, last ADCC, we went to Las Vegas for Masters uh, for Masters Worlds, <laughs> and JT like, Professor, I want to train there with you. <laughs> I think it was a bad idea. <laughs> we trained. Oh my god, we, we trained so hard, so hard. It was like it's supposed to be just like a cool training. But man, we're we're like probably like four or three weeks before ADCC, right? GT or something like that. Yeah. Like I think four like weeks before ADCC. Yeah. Yeah, and we both like you know, like when you're a competitor, you want to feel good, you know, you want to like feel that you're improving, your mind is everything, right? And I remember like I, I we roll man. We we just went through a war like of half an hour, like just like slap each other, trying to take down each other. And the mats were like the those like you know the the tarpon oh, mats, you know, like very slippery. <laughs> no, nope. and man, like it was it was crazy. It was crazy, but definitely like it's always it's always great to to have that feeling when when you train with someone that pushes their cardio like that. You know, you feel really good when you when you when you finish the training. You know, because you know both of you are. Uh, really shape, you know, and JT uh, always like, you know, the difference of JT is like his discipline. He's very has a lot of discipline. He's he trains every day. He show up on time. You know, he's there like to drill, and he's you know we both have kind of like the same the same work ethics, you know, on the mat, and and that's why we we become champions. You know, I think that's that's why. You know, no doubts. Uh, 
JT, what's a uh, round like with Andre Gavel? Well, you know, it, it depends, right? It depends where we're at in the year because there's there's two types of training, right? You can you can have a, a training session where you know you're you know you're having fun, moving around, things like that. But then there's training sessions within training camps, right? So I want to make that clear. There's two there's two <laughs> different types of training sessions, right? And I like rolling with Professor Garbao outside the training camps. Those those rolls are fun, right? <laughs> we, you know, he lets me get into positions. We trade positions back and forth. But during training camps, man, um, you know, of course, everyone's firing on on, on you know uh, on high gear, and everyone's getting ready to compete at the biggest tournaments in the world. So uh, there's there's it's not easy, man. It's not fun. I'll say that it's not fun rolling with uh, Professor Garbao during training camp, man. But if you roll with them outside of camp, maybe roll with them at a seminar or something or during an open mat, you'll have some fun, but not during a camp. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I wasn't planning on going here, but we've got like uh, literally 100 com- uh, comments about this in the uh, YouTube comments. So just to shut these people up, Andre, will you give your opinion on the Gordon Ryan super fight just so everybody will stop asking us about it? <laughs> it's, it's literally yeah, like not, it really 90% of the comments right now are, are about that. So I know. I know. Like, yeah. People like always wants to see this fight, right? So, uh, you know, like I said before here, like I'm, I would fight, of course, yeah, why not? But uh, it's it's all about negotiating, right? Because you know, like I don't, I don't need that fight. You know, Gordo needs that fight more than me. You know, and I know the fans wants to see that. The fans wants to see that. Um, you know, today I'm 38 years old, right? But I believe, like I still have, I still have the drive, you know. And right now, my mind is focusing on uh, the business and my family, you know. And when you are thinking about fighting, 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 competing, um, sometimes like you lose, you lose some time with, with like some some of the things that you need to, to spend time, especially with, with the time that I need with my daughter and and my wife and all that. So uh, I'm in this stage of the li- of my life right now in this part. IDCC, I already say that would be my last fight, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, but I don't know. Like maybe we can talk with the. We talk. I don't know. Like I don't know. Things can, you know, things can happen. Maybe I can fight. Maybe not. You know, I'm just like focusing my students right now. Uh, right now with this coronavirus thing, like it's <laughs> yeah insane. You know, like to to stop and like oh, okay, I'll do this and that. You know, so. Um, but definitely, like, the fans wants to see that. I know that. And I know a lot of people already give opinion about the fight, you know. People are giving opinion. Like, some people like the, uh, uh, Gorda's style. Some people like my style. But definitely, like, is a fight that will, 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 you know, will make, like, such impact in the, in the community. I know that. Uh, but we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. J- I, I love to compete. JT knows that. They, JT knows that. I love to compete. I love to train. I love training. You know, when I'm training in a mission, like, uh, you know, I'm there. You know, I'm 100% focused. You know, that's why, like, when I say that I need to, I need to, can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah. yeah? I got you, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, when I'm, when I'm in the mission, like, that I need to, to fight and all that. So, I, I just like stop everything that I'm doing and just like stay there, you know. And I know like right now, Gordon is only doing that. He's just training, training, training. And I did that like 10 years ago, you know. 10 years ago, I was like that in that stage, at that phase of life that 
you just train, 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 sleep, eat, train, you know. And right now, I have so many things, you know. I have so many things. And I already proved like that. I already proved to everyone that um, I, 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 I am really good in Ogi, you know. I, I, <laughs> really good. <laughs> I think so. that's definitely, you can't argue, okay. <laughs> JT, you, so, you've uh, you've led camps for Andre, and you were recently training with Gordon, or at least you saw what he was doing at the Modolfo camp and stuff like that. What advice would you would you give Andre? Or what would you what would you have him look out for? Um, you know, what are your thoughts on that matchup? I mean, I, I think it would be a great matchup. Obviously, you know, arguably the two best guys in the world. Uh, you know, when it comes down to Nogi, so it'd be a great matchup. Everyone wants to see that matchup. What I would tell. Uh, to Professor Galvez, do what you do. You know, do yeah. what you do. Having trained with both both of them, um, obviously I've trained more in depth with Professor Galvez. You know, for years and years and years. But you know, I, I think he has a a perfect game for Gordon's style. But like I said, uh, it's a it's a great match. A, a match where you know both both fighters are super talented, right? Um, but that's what I would say. I would just say, do you do what you do already? I think if you do what you do already, stick to your game. I said, I think your game is is built for the ADCC style. That's the thing about Professor Galvao's games. Like his game's built for that style, for that rule set. That's why he's been so successful years after years after years. It's crazy how long he's been unstoppable in that rule set, right? So um, just keep doing what you're doing. JT, I think it's safe to say you're coming back for a three-peat, right? For sure. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, so I, one question in the YouTube comments uh, a while back uh, that I thought was pretty interesting. They want to know how you guys are so good at avoiding leg locks because a lot of people who uh, you know, come from an IBJJF sort of background end up falling susceptible to those that leg lock attacks in no gi competitions. And you guys, I mean, basically indestructible there. Uh, you guys have fought some really good leg lockers, and you've all, you're always able to escape them. What do you think you guys do differently that you don't fall into that trap? Maybe Andre go first. Uh, I think it's our or body type and also like you you need to use the brain you know you need to use your mind like when when the guy's like setting up things on you you need to know what's happening you cannot just watch and let him isolate um your your both legs and if you if you watch our fights like always like we we keep like one leg free all the time when the, the person is trying to to attack us uh, in, in the new hooks or full locks or knee bars and things like that, you know. So I think the key is to is to always avoid the opponent to like to trap your legs, you know. So that way we can uh, escape, you know. Uh, that's what I did when I fought like uh, Tokinho. And back in the day, the the heel hook wasn't like that popular like nowadays, you know. It was like only Dean Lister and Tokinho like mm -hmm. doing that and mastering the the, the technique back then but nowadays everyone is like applying hooks and all that and i say that to everyone when i started training jiu-jitsu uh with with coach Luis carlos aguimar Krayeka, um and he, the first technique that he showed me was like a heel hook like, like a knee ripping thing you know he said look you gotta, gotta like be careful as a white belt and a lot of people like should do you sh should you teach like a white belt how to do a heel hook and i think you should because that way the the guy will understand like the mechanic of the technique, the leverage of the technique, and how bad it can be on your knee. You know, and sometimes people they get hurt because they don't know what's going on. So I think like that's the key. I think we we do a really good job like just preventing and avoiding the opponent to control the legs. 
JT, uh, you uh, beat some really good leg lock. You beat uh, Gary a couple times at ADCC. Uh, in 2017, you beat Gary and Lachlan, who obviously both have great heel hook attacks. If he hooks some great guys, what do you think that you do to differently than other people to stay out of those situations? Um, just the way I control the hips. You know, I, I try to you know control the hips, not allow them to move uh, too much, and then just where you know body placement, where to keep my limbs, where to put my pressure down on, um, when to put it down. So I think that's what helps me avoid those positions, right? Just one, one is to feeling comfortable in the pocket, right? Because you see a lot of people, and, and, and what I mean by the pocket is like that HQ position where you're in the guard and they're playing their guard, right? You got to feel comfortable with your legs being near their legs. If you start panicking or start kicking out early on, that's usually how you get caught in my opinion. So you got to feel comfortable in the pocket like a good quarterback, right? If you're in the pocket, I've been playing a lot of Madden, as you can tell. <laughs> you know, you, you don't panic. You know, you, you find your wide receiver and you throw it. So um, same thing in jiu-jitsu. You know, I feel comfortable there. You don't panic. And just knowing where to put your limbs. Um, and the whole idea, uh, for me at least, is to always force the legs to work away from one another, right? If I allow the legs to be together and work together, they can start lifting you with butterfly hooks and shooting one underneath and things like that or reaping one over the top. You know, you know, it, it's a uh, – so many different uh, ways they can go about it. But basically, uh, a quick little tip I'll give out there is always look to separate the legs away from one another. Have one leg going one way and the other one going the other way. Uh, a question that I've seen in Facebook and YouTube comments, uh, maybe Andre start this off. They want to know about your up-and-comers. Who Do, do you have any uh, maybe people who aren't haven't competed there yet that you think or, or haven't won it yet that you think might become ADCC champs one day? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes. Um. I have I have a a really good student here. He's very young. It's it's uh, Andy. He's really good. Nogi Andy Murasaki. Murasaki. Nobody knows okay. that. Nobody knows that because he doesn't he doesn't uh, compete much. Nogi. But yeah. during the ADCC camp, he was doing amazing. You know, yeah. it's he has a, such a great guard. He has a really good guard. Um, and I have other guys. Uh, you know, we have. Of course, like Michael Perez is really good, but he's already a black belt, right? Um, we have uh, blue belts. Oh, we have the Rutolo twins, right? No doubt. Dude, those right? guys. They're, 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 man, they're they're killers. You they're know? coming they're for amazing. you, JT. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I believe those guys will be 88 kilos. No doubt. Yeah, I believe it. They're They'll growing. They'll be 88 and above. They have <laughs> such a long wins. I, I tell them, like, they, they still have that, like, baby horse body, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know? They, they have like long limbs and small body, you know. Baby they horse. still like, yeah, like like yeah. I call them Trino, Potrino is baby horse. So, uh, <laughs> they're, growing. They're, they're growing. They'll become they'll become like beasts, you know. And for yeah. sure, I have no doubt they they they'll win one day as well. Uh, they can yeah, guard people from across the map. Yeah, well, they got those big they got those big frames. They got those long arms and stuff. So I, I could see them yeah. really growing to be big for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think they'll be like. Like Jackson Souza's body type, I always mm. tell them that. I say wow. like, you guys gonna be like Jackson Souza's body type, like long limbs, like strong lean, you know. That's and they scary. like, no professor, no professor. Come. <laughs> I told them that like when they were like fourteen years old, they want they still want like to be Yeah, they want to be lightweights. They want to be like featherweights. I say, man, you guys not gonna be lightweights and featherweights. Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> and and now they 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 kind of professor. That's true. Uh, forget about it. I don't want to do diets anymore. You know, I can't. <laughs> you know, so yeah, they 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 still growing, and they they probably will be like heavyweights or 
or uh, they don't they don't have for sure. That's going to be a big uh, problem for people. Like, Jackson Sousa yeah, size Rotolo twins is going to be a really big problem for people. Oh yeah, they they're already like let's say they they have more time on the mat than than a lot of black belts. Yeah, you know, I believe it. So they they start training like three four years old and they're like seventeen right now eighteen. You know, it's it's crazy. So they're not even like adults yet. They're gonna be adult like next uh, next year. Ronaldo is somebody crazy. that comes to mind. Ronaldo. Uh, oh, Ronaldo. Ronaldo yeah, yeah, Ronaldo. Ronaldo is like a great group here. You know, there's a lot of names that I can say here. You know, and sometimes like it's it's hard because you always forget someone because there's so many names. You know, uh, we 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 uh, we have like kinda that came like you know like this year. You know, and 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 last year actually, and won ADCC like ultra heavy. You know, and, and yeah. he he was like a purple belt, and we always talk about him and and became like a reality. You know, so it's the same with those guys that I mentioned here. And there's other guys too. I have uh, Rafael Silvera, uh, which is is amazing, great technique, amazing technique. Who did he triangle at Euros? He had yeah. a crazy triangle. He did triangle Jansen at Euros. That's right. That yeah. was a great. Really, match. really nice. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's great, man. Those guys are they're really really good. And uh, who else? Uh, yeah, we have Damian Damian Balderrama. Mm. Damian oh, yeah. is amazing. Like great jujitsu, you know, great jujitsu. Um, but he likes more gi than no gi. But uh, we need just like to to keep like. To see that he's capable, like to to do both, you know, and that's the thing in my school here at Atos HQ or Atos in general, we fight both. We fight gear and no gear, you know. We fight the whole year, not just one thing. But I think like uh, sometimes uh, people they kind of like they 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 need to like focus on both, you know. It's kind of like hard uh, this this way, you know. But uh, we still have great success, even though we do like that. So I. We're, we're really special here. Uh, sure. Something something I really like uh, picking people's brains about is uh, mentally how people get ready for competition. I, I think uh, the more I'm around guys like you guys, I realize that the mental side is, is so important because everybody's in shape. Everybody's really good at jiu-jitsu, but some people just mentally are on a level. They're just focused. I, I'd like to hear, like, what do you think you guys – what do you guys do mentally just to, to get on point for a competition? JT, what do you do to prepare to get your mind right when you're going to go compete? Um, well, you know, I believe in preparing your mind to compete, you know, the beginning of the camp, the same way you would prepare your body. Let's say you start an eight-week camp, two months camp for a big tournament like ADCC. From the beginning of the camp, you should be working your mind too. And I'm a huge believer in that confidence is key for, you know, obviously, right? You need to be confident, and your confidence is going to come from the way you prepare. If you prepare the right way, you're going to feel confident, which, you know, you're going to feel physically ready, but your mind will also feel ready. It's like... I always give this example. Imagine you're a kid in school and you have a test coming up. If you go into school that day, you didn't study, you're going to feel, oh, I'm not too sure about it. But if you study, you're going to be, you know, mentally ready to go for that test. So the same thing with jiu-jitsu, same thing for big tournaments. Um, hold yourself accountable to the training session. So, for example, uh, you know, this past camp, I, you know, I, I FaceTimed Professor Gavao. I sat down with my wrestling coach and I wrote out an entire training camp for this past ADCC, like a whole eight-week program. At the end of each, uh, in detail too, like each session, detail what each session would be for those eight weeks. Um, and at, at the on, on the piece of paper, I will always write, if I complete this session, I'm one step closer to becoming ADCC champion. So when you read things like that, you, you hold yourself accountable. 
because it's pretty easy to wake up one day and say, hey, I feel pretty sore today. I'm going to take it a little bit easier today. You, you can't do that. you got to follow the program. And when you follow the program, you're going to feel confident because you know you worked the hardest you could and you know you're going to be prepared. You know you're going to be ready to leave it all out on the mats and that's where the mind you know, gets its confidence from. So confidence comes from the way you prepare for the tournament. On the day of, is there anything particular you like to do? Is there like, like Bia Mosquito was telling us that she thinks about all the sacrifices, or is there any type of music you like to listen to? Like, what do you what are you doing on the day of a tournament? Oh, day of, um, yeah. day of the tournament, I'm just uh, keeping it super relaxed until it's time to compete. Usually, like an hour, I try to keep it super relaxed up until the hour I'm about to compete, and then I'll turn on the switch where I'll get really focused and. Yeah, you know, I think I think back to my training camp. You know, I tell myself I'm prepared, um, I'm in shape, and that's one thing I like to do. I like to tell myself I'm in shape so I can go out there and fight the hardest I can fight, you know, because I think that's the biggest issue for some people. You hear people, oh, I lost, you know, I didn't fight as hard as I could, or, you know, I, I didn't want to push the pace too much because I knew I had to go into the next round if I won. You know, I always tell myself I'm prepared, I'm ready to rock, but I'm going to leave it all on the mats. And that's why every match you guys see me compete in, I give it all I got every match. And, I mean, that's usually what separates, you know, the person who lost in the first round to the person, you know, who won the whole tournament. You know, uh, you push that pace the whole way through. So, yeah, I remind myself. I remind myself of how hard I work. And I think back to that training camp because, you know, the training camps for for, the, for a tournament like ADCC, as I'm sure Professor Gava would uh, agree with me, they're brutal, man. They're brutal. For anyone who's done a camp for ADCC, a proper camp for ADCC, it's a brutal camp to do. Um, but I think back to it, and I tell myself, I'm going to make this person pay for making me go through all these <laughs> through all these training sessions, for all the suffering I went through. I'm going to make this person pay for that. And that's what uh, that's what I think to myself right before I compete. JT, do you try and uh, blow your lungs out? I feel like the, the warm-up is a very particular thing, and everyone has their own level of comfort, uh, how, how much sweat they want to pour out before the match. Yeah. Do, you, do you blow your lungs out or do you conserve all of your energy until it's time to go? No, no. I like to get like a, a solid round before, uh, before I go out there for that first match. I try to get a solid sweat going. To me, that's super important. I don't believe in going out there cold. Now, everyone has their own thing. Some people like going out there cold. Some people don't like warming up. But if you ask me, I'm going to tell you guys, I, I definitely want to get a good sweat. And if, anyone ever, if anyone's ever seen me in the back, warming up for a super fire for an event you guys see me probably going in for a full round with someone uh, with a training partner of mine or or a coach of mine or a student of mine so yeah i like to go out there with a full sweat going already so i feel warmed up i don't want to warm up during the match you know what i'm saying i want to warm up before so uh when i get out there i feel like uh, i'm ready to go there's no uh there's no coldness in the body right the body's warm and ready to rock Awesome, Andre. What about you? What what is a what's the week of a tournament? Let's say ADC look like for you, and then uh, talk us through also your your day of routine. Yeah, uh, the week of the tournament is is the easiest one. You know, um, a lot of a lot of athletes they train really hard like two weeks prior the, the the event, and I think that's not that's not smart. You know, like they they. They feel like, oh, you know, I need to train like right now. The tra- the competition is coming. I need to feel good. I need to be ready. And you're too late. You know, like if you do that, you're not doing the right way. Um, I see like sometimes like people they say, hey, oh, you know, I start my camp for for for, for masses wars, and they start a camp like two weeks, three weeks before the event. I don't think that's that's smart. So you need to do exactly what they say, and then. Actually, we do it here all the time, and me and JT, we have a great communication uh, during ADCC. 
And actually, like during the last age, uh, two agencies, uh, we are in stocks is removed, um, and we put everything like plan. We we see it, and we see like what we're gonna do uh, day one and, and the last day, you know. And the week of the event is a week that you need to enjoy yourself, you know. You just gotta feel uh, confident, and you need to feel happy at the at that moment, you know. And then the training is like you need to be smart. That's like when you start tapering. Scientifically speaking, uh, study says that 21 days, up to 21 days, prior the the competition is the time that you start like uh, uh, tapering. But a lot of people don't don't believe in that because it messes their mind. They feel like, oh, you know what? Like if I start slowing down my training right now, I will not be ready. I, I'm not training hard enough. But it's not because you're training for like two, three months, you know. Or even maybe more like four months you're training and then the last like 20 days you gotta like just need to be smart because if you get injured you're done and then the week of the event i i i i i watch movies and you know, all things that i that i like you know like i watch things like that to me um i go to the movie theaters with my family eat a great popcorn you know if i don't need to cut weight just just relax you know i listen great things you know i just listen great things i don't don't like to to listen like crap music you know i listen like things that will feed my my brain that will feed my thoughts that will feed my my body you know and i i i just i keep keep like being positive i keep visualizing the the event you know and then like i said the the day of the, the week of the tournament is 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 just like more relaxing you know and prepare your body 100 percent your best you know and and the day of the event, I just like, I like to be surrounded of great people. I like to be surrounded of, uh, of like my my people, right? Like my students, my coach, uh, Coach Fred. That's my wrestling coach. Is amazing coach. Is always there with me. So uh, I like to, uh, with him. I like to call my friends. Like for the last super fight, I call like Anderson Silva. He's like he 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 knows how to put the energy, you know. And I, JT Torres was there, you know. I just like to be surrounded of of people that make me feel good, you know. And 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 also like they they're positive people. Like Josh Hinger was there, Michael Perez was there. You know, kind of we 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 laugh, you know, a lot. Like right before the fight, we like laughing, we're joking around. The time that they say you got time, and then you warm up your your warm up your body, and boom, and go, you know. This is like for a super fight, right? But for a regular event, like just like if we go fight by fight, you don't think about the next round. A lot of people, they fight the first round and they, they think about the opponent. Oh, they got winning. Oh, I'll fight the winner of that bracket. They pay attention who won and they think about, oh, you know, if I win my fight, I'll fight that guy. You, you're already not in the fight. You're already done, you know? And most of the time when you think like that, you're not going to be, you're not going to even pass the guy that is supposed to to win, you know? So don't think about the next fight. Think about fight by fight, moment by moment, second by second. That's how I think, and that, that's how it works for me and work like all my career. You know, I think like you need to have that click, you know, boom. Now it's, now it's like, I cannot give any opportunity to my opponent. It's like, boom, it's just, you know, you gotta be like, you gotta change the mode, you know? You just go for a beast mode, and that's, that's what I do. And I think the training like gives you the confidence to to win definitely you know and you need to have fun you need to have fun um I, I i'm not gonna lie people say oh you know go there have fun this and that but you know sometimes like 
you know, like most of the times you have the adrenaline, you know, because you you pay the price, you 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 put so much effort to conquer something, then when you get there, you get so nervous. And then what I do, I just try to feed my thoughts with great things, things that make me happy. You know, I start thinking about things like when I when I uh, when my daughter was born, when I get married with my wife, when I met my wife, when I when I when I became world champions, when I won one a world title, like I started feeding my my thoughts like with my heart with great things that I start feel happy. And once you're happy, you know, like you just enjoy, you know, you gotta enjoy what you do. You just just gotta enjoy, it. and that's that's how I that's how I I put my beast mode on. You know, I I just feed myself with great thoughts, and I feel that. It's really important, and I once you're happy, man, nobody can stop you. If you work really hard, and the day of the fight, you're really happy, done. You know, you 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 win. That's how it works. Andre, you said you like to watch movies to get your mind right on the week of a competition. Is there any favorite movies you go back to, or do you check out new ones? <laughs> oh man, I, I watch Troy. I watch like nice. Troy. I watch like Gladiator. I watch those movies like where like have like a, a fighter that fights for his life, you know? Yeah. And that's what I do, you know? That's what we do. Me and JT, like, everything we have in life is 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 through the fight, you know? It's because of jiu-jitsu. And I think, like, you you got to think like that, you know? And, of course, you got to be human, too, right? You cannot be, like, just like, hey, don't talk to me, this and that, you know? Don't be too, like, too focused, you know? You got to be, like, you got to know how to find the balance, you know? And those are the moves that I watch, you know. When I watch Troy, definitely, like, I'm like, man, this is this is a, such a great movie. I want to watch again, you know. And yeah. I watch, like, highlights of, like, great great athletes like Michael Jordan. Like, I watch, like, uh, highlights of uh, great fighters. You know, I watch JT's highlight. I watch, like, uh, Dean Lister highlight. You know, I watch, like, you know, great highlights and, and motivates me for sure. You, you like Braveheart? You've seen Braveheart? Yeah, Braveheart. Yeah, Braveheart. That's I like a great Braveheart one. too. Uh, but so Braveheart, you know, is 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 too old, and sometimes like the image <laughs> is not nice. You know, yeah, I prefer like Troy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, something I uh, wanted to uh, get into next about you guys, and you guys have won a lot of stuff. Uh, what what what's your favorite victory of your career? It doesn't have to be the, necessarily the biggest one, but which which victory do you think meant the to most to you? I'll let JT. I'll let you go to first. Uh, oof, that's a really good question, man. Which victory? Um, I mean, obviously, my first ADCC title is probably number one in my book. You know, that was a, a really special tournament for me. You know, considering everything surrounding surrounding that tournament, that's the first time I, um, you know, competed at such a big tournament while running my own academy. I remember, I remember getting the invitation for that tournament and not even having my academy open. At that time, man, I remember sitting there in front of the computer, looking at the email, saying, "Man, do, should I even accept this or not? Because my gym's not even open. Yet. I don't even know if I can even get a solid training camp in this tournament." So I said, "You know what? I'm going to take it. I'm going to accept the invite and see what happens." And you know, I went into that tournament uh, with a brand new academy, uh, a lot of stresses, you know, surrounding that. But I will say this: uh, having the academy definitely motivated me to work even harder. And leading up to that point, I've always done pretty well in my competitive career, but, you know, I was always missing that big, big title, right, to, to solidify my career, in my opinion. So when I won that tournament, especially, you know, 
you know, beating, you know, one of the best guys in the world in the finals, Lucas Lepre, was, uh, you know, it, it was sweet, man. It, it was real sweet, man. So that that's probably up there in, in my book as my favorite uh, victory, my favorite moment of uh, winning a title. How about you, Andre? Is there anything that stands out? I mean, you've had so many big wins throughout your career. Is there any particular one that stands out that you look back on and you're the happiest with? Yes, yes. Uh, the first world title as a black belt uh, was incredible. I remember it was like, ah, you know. But definitely, like, uh, my last super fight, uh, it was it was amazing. You know, it was the day of my birthday. Um, I have all my my family there, right? Atos, all my friends. Uh, people flew from all over, like people that I I met when I was like purple belt, brown belt. They were there watching, you know. And and uh, it was definitely like a great feeling after uh, conquering that that uh, title. Um, I I felt I felt super super uh, grateful. And happy at the same time for all the things that that happened in my life until I got there, you know. So coming from like a, a, a really poor family, you know, and going up, going growing up, and and conquering conquering like all the titles and 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 fulfilling like the last word title just like that, it was it was it was amazing. And after everyone like jump in and grab me and start lifting me up and start celebrating. It was definitely like a price lay. I definitely like felt amazing about that. And after, you know, there's a lot of, it's different feelings for each, but this one was very, it's very like, I, how can I say like young, you know, it's just happened like last year. Yeah. But also like when Fresh. I, when I won the ADCC, the ADCC uh, absolute against Pablo Popovich, you know, all, all the finals that I won uh, via submission, like Brawl Estima, when I when I competed with him with the Gi in two thousand eight, uh, when I when I finished uh, Braulio there, when I finished uh, uh, Popovich in the finals of the Open class, you know, um, it, definitely like it really it really like makes you like ah you know you're just like ah yes you know I won but uh, I, I I did what I I did the best you know I, I finished the fight you know so. Uh, but definitely, like, sometimes, like, it doesn't happen that way. But even though, like, the moment is special, you know, the moment is special. And, For sure. And the way that I that I fought was was incredible, too. So I, I'm really proud of, of of myself, you know, for that. And but also, like, uh, really thankful for all all the people that helped me, you know, and they were there like supporting me the whole time. So it was incredible. They had yeah. the birthday too. Had so, to make it better know. that it was uh, in Southern California, right? Because all of your yeah, exactly. friends and family were there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Everyone was there. All my yeah. students were there. It was incredible. <laughs> so lately we've been doing a, a routine where like the people, whoever's on the show the day before gives a question uh, to the people on the next day. So yesterday we had Buchecha and Pergisa were here. So we had, we got a question from Buchecha for Andre, and then Pergisa had a question for JT. If you want to roll that clip, uh, Kyle, and then you guys can. Okay, can I got I got one for Galvão. Yeah. Uh, of course, like we said, uh, like we said before, uh, Galvão is one of the guys that I grow up like when I start jiu-jitsu watching. Uh, I remember last time I fought him, I said that I always was a big fan, and for to fight him was like a big pleasure for me. And I lost to him before. Then I, I beat him one time. So 
was always a tough guy uh, and always fun of his style. And for me, in my opinion, he's the one the most accomplished, the guy that won, like, I think most accomplishments for no gi. I think, my opinion, he's like the the, the best fight, no gi fighter. Like, and what's keep making him like to keep himself motivated after so many years? Because I remember when we were like me, Preguisa, we were like young and he's still like grinding, you know. Of course, I always want to fight him. Uh, no gi, but man, I never really like earned a spot, you know. What I mean, so, but so, but what keeping him motivated, you know? I mean, after so many years competing and winning so many titles, because that's for me is the hardest part to keep myself motivated. That's what's my question for him. It's a great one. It is a great question. I'll be interested yeah, it's awesome. Say. Felipe, you think of anything yeah. to SJT Torres? Yes. Um, what's his favorite meal? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what's his favorite food? Uh, oh my god! What, what's your question? Uh, <laughs> how, how many how many uh, times did you won the GCC? Two times, right? Two times, champion. Yeah. Uh, I would like to ask ask him. Uh, I see JT has a really good uh, wrestling, you know, for for ADCC. Uh, I would like to ask him how he thinks is important wrestling for ADCC, if he thinks uh, there is another thing more important and how he prepare, how many times he trains wrestling a week, if he trains separate, how is his schedule for ADCC camp? Awesome, awesome. All right, so the the questions were uh, Buchecha's one was really interesting because he had just got done telling us that that's sort of something he's struggling with is like whether he's motivated to compete. So Buchecha's question is, you, somebody who's been doing it longer than him, how do you keep staying motivated to compete? And then Pergisa was for JT about how important you think wrestling is for ADCC and how often you train it to get ready for ADCC. If you want to go first, maybe Andre. Yes, for sure. Uh, first of all, I, I thank Buchecha for the question and also like congrats in for all the, the titles. And um, I remember when we fought, like, it was always crazy fight. I always say Mushesha is like a, uh, that, like, crazy horse that you can, it's hard to dominate, you know? Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really fast. It's really hard to dominate. And, like, he's amazing. And, 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 and he say like, for me, it's really hard to keep motivated. But he won, like, 13 times, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, but I understand, like, his question. Yeah, definitely, like... Uh, you know, like I said, my first world title, 2005, last world title, 2019. Uh, that was, that's a gap of like 14 years. And every time that I compete, I'm always motivated and I'm always happy because I think that the, the key is, is the love for what you do. You know, I really love to fight. I really love jujitsu. I really love what I do. You know, I love my, my work. Um, I love teach people. And I think the key of everything is, is the motivation cannot be money. It cannot be uh, uh, like a woman. It cannot be like, you know, uh, things like that. I think, I think, or, or things, you know, I'm motivated. I need to win this term because I win a car. If I win this term, I win a car or I win this cash prize. No, your motivation must be like your love. You know, your motivation must be uh, the love for the fight, the love for your work, you know, and, 
if you really like to to pass through all the process of feeling sore like you know the process of like learning the process of like feeling the progress like you always like improving you know i think i think that's that's the key and that's what that's what keeps me motivated you know i believe like i every time that i that i set my mind to compete i don't i don't compete like for for uh the prize or anything like that or for the title i compete because i really like i really love what i do i really like what i do you know and this needs to start like in the day that you train you know a lot of people they love to compete but they don't like to train and a lot of people like to train or love to train but they don't like to compete you must love both you know if you love what you do i think that's the key and i you know i i try to to motivate myself every single day just like looking back you know when i look the only way the only time that i look back is to to remember uh the hard times that i had in my life and i feel like grateful that every time that i put out the work in the right in the right way i conquer you know so that motivates me so I, you need to keep like growing you need to find a way to keep motivated and a lot of people they lose that once you achieve the award title once you achieve like you know that spot you feel like oh you know i'm already here you know and a lot of people will be surrounding you also when you become a champion because people love champion you know they, they like to be around the champions and 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 they're gonna slap your back and say oh you are the man you're this or that they start feeding you saying like oh no this guy is not gonna this guy uh it's not gonna handle you way better than him, you know. Like, don't worry, don't worry. You're gonna kill him. You're gonna kill him. Like, but you need to like be careful with those like this around you. I'm not saying that those who say that to you they're wrong. They're not. But sometimes those those type of conversation makes you more relaxed and makes you like kind of like oh you know what like yes yeah, you know uh, let me like let me instead of training today I'll I'll rest or do this or that I'll kill him. You know I, no I don't think this is. This is the right way. You gotta think that uh, you must be there and do your best and and give your hundred percent, everything or nothing. You know, so if you can't do that, it's it's hard to to go out there and and win. You know, so I think that's that's my motivation: the love for what you do and be careful with those who surround you, especially after you you conquer uh, a special title. You know, so it's, it's really really be careful with that so just like surround yourself with great people those will feed you in a way that will motivate you and also they'll call your attention like my best coach is my is my wife you know she she always like put me back on track you know hey shh, go back here look the guy there is training you know so you gotta like you know i say okay yes i forgot about that sometimes you lose the focus you know but i think like uh you gotta like be be aware with all that you know keep like always like you know, aiming the target and, and stay motivated, especially with the love for, for what you do. I think that's sound advice that everyone can make use of. You know, you got to love what you do and have the right people around you. Uh, JT, let's talk a little bit about wrestling. You know, it's come up a few times in our, our talks, but I thought it was really cool to see an ADCC champ ask another ADCC champ for advice. That's pretty awesome. You know, <laughs> I love it. Pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, so as far as wrestling, to me, wrestling is the secret the secret weapon to winning ADCC, man, I, I think it it, uh, it will allow you to bring the match to where you want to bring it, right? If you want to play off your back, if you want to play on top, if you have good takedowns, you can you can decide where to put the match. 
So to me, it's the key. It's the key to winning that tournament, um, especially with the rule set where there's certain parts of the matches where you can't pull guard, right? You're forced to work from your feet. And, you know, once you learn takedowns, takedowns are great for obviously taking your partner down, but they can also be used to help you transition to the back or even into submissions and, and uh, you know, things like that. So to me, it's key. You, you have to learn takedowns in order to be successful in ADCC or have, you know, a solid chance. And I'm sure there's been people who have won without takedowns, right? But I think more often than not, you're going to see people who win are going to have some takedowns involved in their game. Now, as far as training, I'm always, you know, every day that I'm training for the ADCC tournament, there's wrestling involved, right? Um, whether it be specific positions where you start off in double legs, single legs, things like that, and begin the, you know, the training from there, like specific sparring. Um, but then there will also be days where once or twice a week where I'll meet up with my with my wrestling coach and we'll just work an hour of just, you know, just, just drilling takedowns, right? Drilling takedowns. Also drilling takedowns that lead to the back take, or drilling takedowns that lead to some sort of submission, like a guillotine or, you know, uh, morals things like that. So once, twice a week, I'm definitely just drilling, just wrestling, wrestling itself. And then, you know, every day during the training, you know, wrestling's built into the training. Like I said, an example of that is specific sparring. Uh, another example of that: there's certain days where during the camp, uh, the first, I don't know, the first five rounds of the training session there's no guard pulling allowed or only takedowns, right? We'll do rounds of only takedowns where you're forced to, to wrestle and, and, and play with the takedown game. So I'm constantly working throughout throughout the entire camp. Every day I'm working on takedowns, but once or twice a week is when I really hone in just on the takedowns itself. But, um, yeah, every day I'm working on the wrestling, man. And wrestling is key to winning ADCC. Speaking of takedowns, you guys have uh, two of the best takedown games in uh, the grappling world. Who wins the takedown battle when you guys go head to head from the feet? How does that go down? <laughs> that, imagine trying to take somebody down that uh, has unbelievable balance, man. You know, and and anyone from the Autos camp or, or anyone who's who's ever tried to take down uh, Professor Gabal will tell you the same thing, man. It, it is. It is brutal trying to take that guy down, man. It's just tiring, man. It is tiring because you'll pick that leg up and you'll try to finish it, and then the guy won't go down. You're like, you know, it's just, it's just crazy, man. So, uh, you know, Professor Gabba has some high level wrestling, man. I've seen him take down some solid wrestlers who come into the training camp to help us practice and get ready for ADCC. I've seen him take down some really good wrestlers. So, uh, Professor Gabba's wrestling is, uh, you know, it's on a different level, man. Is, is he being modest, or does he ever get you, Andre? Does, does... Uh, <laughs> uh, JT has incredible wrestling. Too. His ankle peaks are sick. Uh, but, but, yeah, so it's I'm a little heavier, too, than JT, you know, so it helps a little bit. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but uh, definitely, like, it's a great it's a great match uh, to watch. You know, it's a great match to watch. It's always, so, it's always fun. Tomorrow, I have we have a guest that we're super excited for. Uh, Big O, Orlando Sanchez is our guest tomorrow. So, uh, uh, very hilarious guy. If one of you guys wants to uh, come up with some sort of question to ask, ask Orlando when he comes on tomorrow. <laughs> you have a question, GT? I, I, maybe I have a question. Let me see. Uh, Orlando, man. He's, he's a funny I'm looking guy. forward to Big O, man. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we're going to hear some wild stories. <laughs> I, 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 I want to watch that. I want to watch that. Maybe... Uh, 
let's uh we'll let you guys do your little like uh shout out to the fans and then you can think about it and then at the end one of you guys come up with something to ask them maybe andre if you want to kick out with like a shout out to your fans out there message to everybody yeah so i would like to to thank all you guys uh, from flow grappling and also all the fans that's watching right there um everyone that um loves me like to compete or hate me to (laughs) watch me competing i send my my hug and and hello to all you guys right so i i i'm just like very thankful for all you guys you know definitely and i couldn't achieve anything without uh you guys you know like of course because uh you guys are the flow grab is part of the media but the fans is those are the ones that boost you up like to 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 be out there and then be like ready to go right so i would like to also thank all my students for all the the love and and all the support that they're giving to me right now at this moment you know uh that's a really tough moment right now uh in the world uh i really i really uh feel like blessed like of having all uh those people like supporting giving the support and and always like uh calling and and see like what's up like with with the gym and all that so i appreciate that you guys are amazing definitely i have a the best the best students in the world for sure and i'm here like working and doing my best uh for all my students but also for all the fans and everyone that uh from the community also outside of the community i just released a self-defense uh a program with professor yakovazi and i believe that will help people to protect themselves like uh, during uh, 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 dangerous uh, times, you know. So I think like it's it's key like to know jujitsu to give you confidence and give you like more uh, patience during this moment. You know, if something happened, you're ready, right? So you must be ready. So I think like uh, the help of helping the community will will definitely like, be key at this moment right now. We all united, you know. It doesn't matter like which team we represent. We all represent like the jiu-jitsu, right? We represent uh, jiu-jitsu and we want to to give our best to our sport. So I, I really, I'm really pumped for for the time that we come back and that we all on the mats, like, uh, you know, like helping each other and hug each other and, and trying to choke each other because actually this is a, this is a great feeling and it's amazing like to, to, to train jiu-jitsu. And, and right now this time we're just thinking, man, What's gonna be like? How it's gonna be? I can't wait to see like the first tournament, the first international, the first uh, worlds. Let's say ADCC or worlds. Like I can't wait to see that and and see everybody like fighting again and like chanting and and just like it's gonna be a beautiful thing. I can't wait for that moment. And um, I hope to be with you guys pretty soon. Love you guys. Take care. God bless. Us. Thanks, Andre. Great J- message there, JT. Well, first of all, thanks, you know, thanks to you guys, you know, the entire Flow Grappling team for, you know, doing what you guys are doing. You guys are putting a lot of content out there right now and, you know, releasing a lot of cool uh, footage and, and documentaries and things like that to uh, keep the community engaged and, you know, have something to watch and something to do. So I appreciate you guys. And, you know, going back to what I said earlier about studying footage, you know, you guys have some of the, you guys have one of the best libraries to study from. So, Appreciate, appreciate you guys. Team. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's true, man. It's true. It really is true. I wish you guys were around when I was a blue belt, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, I want to thank my students, my family for, you know, being supportive during these times. Um, uh, you know, a huge shout out to the students. You know, everyone's staying engaged. Like I said, I'm running classes for them a few times during the week, and it's cool to see all the students communicating with one another still and, 
you know, making sure they keep each other's spirits up high and, and my spirits up high too. So thank you to all my students and my family. Um, and thank you to all my fans out there, you know, uh, you know, thanks to everyone out there who supports me and has nothing but love for me. I, you know, I appreciate you guys big time. Like Professor Gravel said, if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be here doing what we're doing today and, and having these opportunities. So thank you to the entire community. And, you know, hopefully we'll pass through these times pretty soon and we can all share their mats again together. All right, JT, I'm going to put you on the spot here because Professor Gravel has got rank. you got to come up with the Orlando Sanchez question for tomorrow. Ask ask him anything. Ask him why he only does ADCC and no other tournaments. Ask ask him whatever whatever you want. Okay, I'll ask him like, how's his diet? Okay, right. because, because like, uh, if he's like a paleo or if he's like a vegan or uh, I don't think he's vegan. And, 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 yeah, and how and how how come like he, you know he's like he's probably like the heaviest like. Uh, heavyweight in ADCC, but he's so athletic. I want to yeah. know, like, if you look, if you got that that athleticism from from jujitsu, and also like he uh, he he became like such a such a high level competitor in a short time. So I want to I want to ask him like if, if what is his diet? I, I'll ask more than one question. <laughs> what is his diet? Okay, if you have if how he got uh, the athleticism. That he has, and and uh, why he competed only ADCC. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great questions, guys. We got some great shows coming up tomorrow. Like we said, it's Orlando next week. Uh, Gabby Garcia. Uh, Tuesday is Craig Jones. Wednesday is Drysdale. Thursday is one I'm super excited for. It's Wally Dismail. That's going to be a crazy show. And then Friday is uh, Lovato. Lovato. So great, Very great nice. uh, lineup next week. Thanks again for calling in, guys. See everybody tomorrow. Later, guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. All righty. We're off the air. Thanks, fellas. Had a great time. Thanks.